Welcome to the Civil War Regiments Podcast, here to provide you with the reading of accounts of the common soldiers of the American Civil War, the eyewitnesses who lived, fought, suffered, and died through five years of brutal conflict. It is my hope that the reading of these accounts will make history come alive for you and offer a better understanding of daily life during the American Civil War. Today's account is from Echoes of Battle, the Atlanta Campaign, by Larry Strayer and Richard Baumgartner, an entry by Colonel Edward Noyes of the 39th Ohio Infantry. Colonel Edward Noyes commanded the 39th Ohio until July 4, 1864, when he was wounded near Ruff's Mill on Nickajack Creek in front of Atlanta. Noyes was known to be a strict disciplinarian, and it was said of him that he managed to have a greater number of men present for duty than any other equal regiment in the army. In 1872, he was elected governor of Ohio and served one term. From 1877 to 1881, Noyes held the post of U.S. Minister to France. Here follows his account of his wounding. I will relate here a personal experience in connection with the 4th of July down in front of Atlanta near Nickajack Creek. I remember it perfectly well have had some occasion to. Early in the day, in the forenoon, under the command of General McPherson, I got my command in line of battle to make the charge alluded to by my friend Chamberlain, 81st Ohio. We have been selected to make this charge because they thought we could do it successfully, if anybody could, I said as I went down the line. And this is the 4th of July, you know, and a bad day to be licked and we don't want to be. Just fix your bayonets and load your guns, and don't fire a shot. After we had lain there for an hour or two, General McPherson came around again with some staff officer. The latter came to me and said that General McPherson had made up his mind that the works could not be successfully carried by assault, and I might withdraw my command. Now, having had my courage all screwed up, and having demanded my photograph, I had to withdraw my command, and it was a terrible letdown. I felt as if it was a sort of slur. But a little later, General Sherman came around, looking all along the line, and said, Here's the place to strike them, and we are going to do it right away. Just tell the commander of your troops to get them in line again. Little by little, I got my command into position, and all fixed up. And at six o'clock and forty minutes, I remember perfectly well the hour. The bugle sounded the charge, and my boys, in accordance with what I had instructed them, followed me. But I did not get very far, not more than a third of the way. My right struck the enemy first, and they put a mini-ball into my ankle joint. I sat down on the stump of a tree, and the boys went on, making a hole through the enemy's line, big enough to put their whole army in full retreat before daylight the next morning. I sat on the stump and looked around. There was a lieutenant there by the name of Lossie, and I saw him laying the flat of his sword across the back of a fellow as hard as he could. I said, Lossie, what are you doing? He said, I am teaching this fellow how to make a charge. The fellow had sneaked off and got behind a tree, and Lossie was not in a good humor about it. I said, when you get through, come back here. He came back and I asked, Lossie, have we got the works? Yes. What are they doing? I said. 
They are breaking to the right now. I said, go right away to the command on my right. That was Chamberlain's command. Go right over there and ask them to close up and fill the works that have just been vacated. And when you have done that, come back. He did so, returned, and said to me, Are you hurt? Yes. You ought to get out of here, he said. Yes. Can you get on my back? Yes. I put my arms around his neck and tried to raise myself, but I could not stand it and said, I guess I can't go at Lossie. You'll have to go up and get two or three of the boys and bring them back here. So he set me down again on the stump and went up to get several of the boys. They shouldered me and took me back. As we were going along, we met a lot of officers, Dodge, Fuller, and Sherman among them. They said, who is that? That is Colonel Noyes. Are you badly hurt? They asked me. Well, I said, I will tell you what I think. I was ordered to take those works and I have taken them. And I shouldn't wonder if they had taken one of mine. But it's the 4th of July, and I don't give a copper. They took me back to a field hospital, and I sent for old Dr. Monahan of the 63rd Ohio, who was the best surgeon in our part of the army. I said, I've got a little job for you. Cut that leg off. He said, I don't believe it's as bad as that. But I said, don't bother to take the boot off, but cut it off. He said, I can't do it until the reaction takes place. What reaction? Let me feel your pulse, he said. He felt my pulse and said, Why, your pulse is all right. I guess so. Now go ahead and do it. The next thing I knew, my leg was off and I was all right. Up to that moment, I had never had an unpleasant thought, not a regret in connection with my disaster. But the next morning, the army was ordered to go on to the front, and as the officers passed by the tent where I was lying, one after another filed out, shook my hand, and bade me goodbye, and God save him. They were going to the front for glory, and I was going to the rear disabled, with no further part in the war, and no share in the final victory which awaited us. Then I cried like a child. Yes, like a child. Colonel Edward Noyes, 39th Ohio Infantry.